Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm KW Taylor. Today, we're going to do a little transition out of spooky season. <laughs> we're going to talk about Totally Killer on Prime. And then, oh, also on Prime, we're going to talk about Wheel of Time Season 2. Yeah, we got a little prime theme going, so. Yeah, I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you about this movie that was coming mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and it looked really interesting. I haven't watched it yet, but mm-hmm. I would like to know what you thought. Yeah. So this is called Totally Killer. And I actually had seen a preview for it on TikTok, actually. Oh. But I had I had forgotten all about it. Okay. it. <laughs> but, well, but then you reminded me, and it was, yeah, because I couldn't remember the name of it or anything. <laughs> But this also reminded me, I haven't watched it yet, but the movie that you watched, The Final Girls, this mm-hmm. is really similar, actually. Okay, not cool. Not identical, but um, similar. Yeah. So, yeah, this just came out this year, and it stars Kiernan Shipka as this girl, Jamie Hughes. And this is a horror film, but it's also a comedy and kind of a dark comedy. And it's a little bit of a slasher, but a little bit of a satire of slashers. So, mm. And again, it's not it's not super gruesome or anything. I think it's okay, got good. all the yeah, it's got all the things that I think both of us are sort of looking for in a more lighthearted horror film. Yay. So yeah, I do think <laughs> you would like this. Okay, so Kiernan is Jamie Hughes and she is a suburban teen. And although I gotta say, she's like in her I wanna say early-ish twenties <laughs> at this point. So there was okay. a well. there was a certain level of you have really sharp cheek cheekbones for a 16-year-old, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Suspend your disbelief. I know, I know. But she's getting ready to go out to a concert with her friend. Let's see, what is her friend? Tiffany? No, no. I can't remember her friend's name. Anyway, <laughs> her main friend is not as important. But she is getting ready to go out. It's near Halloween and uh, it's trick-or-treat night. And her mom, Pam, who is played by Julie Bowen, is a little bit like, I don't know, you got to be careful and make your dad take you and wait for you and take you home. And because, you know, when I was your age on Halloween, all my friends got murdered by a serial killer who they never (laughs) caught. And Jamie is like, whatever, mom, I don't... (laughs) You know, you're being a square. <laughs> but her and her parents are kind of embarrassing. They are, you know, typical. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be seen with your parents at that age. And her dad is Blake, played by Lachlan Monroe. And he's very cheesy and stuff. But he's willing to like, I'll drive you and then I'll wait and I'll take you home. And of course, Jamie makes him pretend that he's her Uber driver and sits in the back seat. And he's like, all right, this is not... <laughs> super cool (laughs) but anyway so they go out and they go to pick up her friend and while they are gone pam is home and she's passing out candy but then the serial killer breaks into their house and the serial killer wears (gasps) this really gross mask that looks like a combination of i don't know it's like this guy grinning with like yellow hair it's really upsetting it's it's like a mashup of max headroom and billy idol it's really weird and soulless dead eyes like you can't see the person's eyes Uh, but he breaks in the house and pam has apparently because she lived through all her friends getting murdered 
she is like really adept at self-defense and she has also put like knives and guns all around the house and she beats this guy up but he still (laughs) he still manages to kill her so oh no yeah so jamie is very very depressed and she also feels really guilty because she was so kind of mean to her mom the last night that she was alive oh now i'm sad yeah it's really it's really sad but the the cops are no real closer to figuring out who this person is and this guy you know committed all these crimes in the late 80s but then is apparently back and it's just really stressful and there is this guy who's like a podcaster who went to high school with Pam and you know saw the attacks sort of firsthand and he's trying to sort of capitalize on it in later life and so he's the only person his name is Chris trying to sort of investigate and figure out who did this. And meanwhile, Jamie and her friend are going to the science fair at school. And of course, her friend, her friend's science project is a time machine, of course, like you do. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I did for my high school science fair. (laughs) Well, her name is um, Amelia and her mom, Lauren, is a kind of like she does manufacturing or something but she's kind of she seems sort of down on her luck and depressed probably because of the high school murders and everything but anyway amelia has put a time machine in a photo booth at this they're doing the science fair at this like abandoned amusement park also which seems (laughs) not great yeah (laughs) anyway so they're amelia and jamie are kind of working on the time machine and right as they're sort of getting parts of it in place, the serial killer comes up and he's trying to get Jamie and somehow he stabs the console of the time machine, which just happened to be on the date of the original first murder back in uh, 1987. Yes. And Jamie is actively in the time machine at the moment. And when he does that, it provides some kind of electrical conduct thing. And Jamie goes back in time to <sighs> 1987. Excellent. Yeah. So she decides, and the the amusement park is like all nice and much more put together. (laughs) And uh, she decides, wow, I can prevent all of these murders and I can save my mom. And she's got, she still has her iPhone and she's got all the episodes of the podcast on it. So she's kind of using (laughs) that as like reference material. And she finds Amelia's mom, Lauren, as a teen and explains to her what's going on because she because Amelia explained that the time machine was sort of based on her mom's original design so Lauren is like oh of course yes I believe you and will help you and this is totally logical (laughs) sure so Jamie her whole job then is to try to get in good with her mom and her mom's friend group and try to protect them from getting murdered and figure out who the killer is and stop him but the thing is, her what she didn't really realize is that her mom and her friends are horrible people and are snobby little mean girls and have this really obnoxious friend group that is called the Mollies because they dress up like Molly Ringwald and they're just super mean to everyone. And her mom, the young version of her mom, Pam, who is played by Olivia Holt from like, oh, she was in, oh my goodness. She's in Cruel Summer. Yes, she was in Cruel Summer. She was in, what was, oh, Cloak and Dagger. Mm. 
Anyway, but like, if you think about it, Olivia Holt and Julie Bowen as the adult and teen version of the same character, not terrible casting. It was really no. kind of cute. Yeah. And they, they both kind of look like Kieran and Shipka, I think. So. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, Pam is, young Pam is like super dumb and mean and weird. And <laughs> it's like a lot. Jamie has to do a lot of heavy lifting to like befriend them and stuff and protect them. But the part of the problem is that as Jamie tries to kind of fix some things, she changes history. And so she and Lauren are kind of like, oh, no, now you're sort of, you don't really know what the next murder is going to be or the next step because you have shifted stuff. And so the killer takes different tactics and different (sighs) routes to do things. And so it becomes very unpredictable. So she's not, she's off script and stuff. Like over the course of like Pam does get more feeling more kindly toward Jamie and stuff, but it takes a minute. And uh, I would I will say the movie is a little slow in the beginning and it takes a minute to kind of get its footing as they start to get into the murders and stuff. And the the other Mollies are kind of funny, even though they're horrible people. (laughs) That's when it sort of starts to hit its stride. It is a little bit of a bummer. The whole beginning is kind of sad with Pam getting killed and stuff. But once you get to the point where you're deeply in the 80s and you really want to know who the killer is, like it gets really fun, interesting. And there are a lot of really silly one-liners and stuff. And it does feel like a very, uh, what do I want to say? It's like a really nice homage to, to slasher movies, to movies like Scream, to like the whole John Hughes oeuvre. It's a big homage to Back to the Future. There's even some sort of references to it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really fun. I super enjoyed it. It's not like, you know, deep or anything, but it's nice and short. It's only 106 minutes. Nice. And I think all the actors did a really good job. So Kiernan Shipko was really good. Olivia Holt was really good at this, the teen Pam. Julie Bowen was great as adult Pam. The Let's see. Tiffany, her her friend in the present, is played by Liana Liberato. And then the um, Lauren. Lauren, as a teen, is Troy L. Johnson. And I thought she was actually really good. Let's see. Oh, uh, Randall Park has a small role as a sheriff. Yeah, everybody was just really good. And there was there is a funny thing that I don't know if this is an anachronism or not, but it did feel legit. Like Jamie in one of the murders cap- catches a bunch of the killer's blood and she puts it on a paper towel in a baggie and she's like we got him she takes it to the cops she's like look we got his dna his blood type all this stuff like you just plug it into the you know database and randall park is the sheriff is like what what is that that's not a thing this is nothing and he just like throws it on the floor and jamie looks so crestfallen of like oh okay but also because she's still a teenager herself he's like what does dna mean what does that stand for what is and so she can't quite she's like i don't know what it stands for it's just the stuff it's like the all unique to each person it's you know he's like yeah no this is not a thing so so there's a lot of funny moments like that and the fact that nobody has a cell phone nobody like there's just yeah But yeah, it's it's super funny and fun, and uh, it's not very gory. Okay. But yeah, and then there's okay. moments that are kind of scary. So yeah, I don't know. Okay. All right. That sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to watch it soon. Cool. Yeah. And I'm glad it's not too gory. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. 
because I'm always I'm always a little worried about that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I don't know the the level of gore you have been watching. I think there's a lot more that you can probably handle these days. Maybe, yeah, but I still <laughs> I still turn away or close my oh. eyes sometimes. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> well, to kind of transition us out of spooky season, you yeah. just finished uh, something else on Prime, but moving back into your preferred high fantasy. <laughs> genre (laughs) yes i tend to think i think i've said this before i tend to think of high fantasy as a winter thing as well so Hmm. i feel like this fits well from a a transition from fall into winter a little bit a little bit but yeah i finished well the second season of wheel of time just finished airing a week or so ago Mm -hmm. and as we know i've been a big fan of that for a while The first season aired in 2021, and I've been waiting for two years for season two to come out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have you watched any of season one? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This might not make a lot of sense then. That's okay. (laughs) I still want to know about it. Okay. So do you remember anything about the the storyline of season Um, one? The lady from the one movie is like... (laughs) magic and then there's things so (laughs) yes great good job (laughs) okay so since we're talking about season two there are obviously going to be some spoilers so if you as a listener don't want to be spoiled you might want to skip the section (laughs) but i highly encourage you to at least start with season one if you're intrigued so the wheel of time is based on the series of books by Robert Jordan. The last two or the last few were co-written by Brandon Sanderson from Robert Jordan's notes after Robert Jordan passed away. But the book series is 14 books long. (laughs) (laughs) I I have finished book six and season two adapts a lot of book two. So they're going a little slowly and I'm a little worried (laughs) that they're not going (laughs) to Uh, have enough seasons to finish out the the storyline but i think they're hoping for eight to ten seasons total oh wow okay so i think some things need to be compressed later on but yeah most of this follows as closely as it can the great hunt which is book two Mm -hmm. there are some departures because of departures made in season one and stuff like that but season one okay season one started with Rosamund Pike playing Mm -hmm. Moraine Sedai, who is a magic lady. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) She was looking for the Dragon Reborn, which is like a mythical, not mythical, a legendary person that would get reborn and save the world from the Dark One. So Mm -hmm. the Wheel of Time is all about reincarnation, basically. Okay. So she went to this little village and she found five candidates. Also, sorry, she has a best friend <laughs> <laughs> named Landman Dragon, played by Daniel Henney. And I really love them together. They are like platonic besties. Mm-hmm. He's her warder, which is a thing that all Aes Sedai have to protect them, basically. While they're doing magic, he's the one with the sword, like batting away all the bad guys, you know. Mm-hmm. But they have a very deep bond. There's a magical bond between them. And it gets cut off at the end of season two, season one. Sorry. Oh. So Moraine gets cut off from 
the the one power from her magic so she can't do magic oh no so yeah that's a big thing in season two which i really enjoyed but in season one she goes to a village and she finds five candidates and they are Egwene alvir played by madeline madden Nynaeve Almira, played by Zoe Robbins, Randall Thor, played by Joshua Stradovsky, Perrine Barra, played by Marcus Rutherford, and Matt Cawthon. In season one, he was played by Barney Harris. In season two, he's played by Donald Finn. Oh, why did they recast? Barney Harris left the production for some reason, and no one really knows why. Oh. Yeah. So I guess they had to rewrite some of season two to sort of figure out how they were going to deal with that but it might have had to do with covid too oh okay he left around the time covid shut down season one i think Mm, okay but anyway so in season one they find out that rand is the dragon reborn and he at the end of season one moraine takes him to the eye of the world and he they think that he defeats the dark one but Season two picks up a couple months later, and Moraine is pretty adamant that they, instead of defeating the Dark One, basically Rand let out the Dark One's strongest lieutenant, is how she puts it. His name is Shamael, and he is played by Fares Fares. I think that's how you say it. It might be Fares Fares. And basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) seems bad yeah there moraine's kind of like oh we effed up a little bit (laughs) now we got to figure out how to fix it so the dark one and all of his baddies were sort of imprisoned and rand accidentally let one let one out Mm -hmm. and now ashamayel and his fellows they're called the forsaken and their goal is to bring back the dark one and end the cycle of the world so basically the world keeps turning and souls keep getting reborn so they want to end that and moraine and the Aes Sedai and everyone just oppose everything the dark one does because you know he's his name is the dark one he's not really (laughs) (laughs) it's right on the tin (laughs) yeah yeah he doesn't really have the good of the world in mind Mm -hmm. so season two picks up and Moraine does not have her magic. And mm. she and Lan are together, but they're sort of fighting because they they have spent 20 years together, not really needing to talk or anything. I mean, they do talk, but they had this bond and now it's cut off and they're sort of adrift. Mm. So they're staying with some friends and I'm going to try. There are so many people <laughs> in the show so (laughs) it might be hard for me to find all of the actors but i will do my best (laughs) (laughs) so they're staying with this woman named varen and she's played by mira sial and she is lovely (laughs) she (laughs) is an Aes Sedai of the brown aja and there are seven different aja and they all sort of stand for something different so moraine is blue And she's sort of political, and they deal a lot with, like, intelligence and secrets and all that stuff. 
and trying to pull political strings and, and things like that. And Brown is very straightforward. They're scholars, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're staying with Varen and her sister and a couple friends. And they're trying to navigate this new relationship between them. And it's not going well. Because Moraine <laughs> is used to kind of keeping secrets. And this trauma from losing her her power which is the thing that she's relying on for all of her life as well as like she's basically lost her best friend even though all she has to do is talk to him but she sort of because of the trauma she turns inward and pushes Mm. him away so that's all of there's a couple of things in the first couple episodes between them that were like really tugged at my heartstrings and I was like, guys, Aww. you have to make up. You're my <laughs> <laughs> and it really pays off down the line. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to see them suffering. But Aww. basically everyone is suffering in this season. <laughs> <laughs> so Moraine's goal, she's kind of tracking tracking some things and she bas- she wants to find Rand mm-hmm. and because Rand has disappeared she, he was at the end of season one he was like tell everyone I died because he thought he you know did the thing that he was supposed to do mm-hmm. and he also has magic and in this world I've said all this with season one but you not you might not remember but mm-hmm. in this world when men have magic they often go mad. Mm. So he's afraid that he's going to kill all the people he loves. So he he goes off and he hides in this place called Kyrian. And she's trying to find him, basically, because she's like, wait, our job's not done. I need you back. (laughs) (laughs) So Rand is off and he's sort of like keeping house with this woman named Celine, who's an innkeeper. And uh, I don't know how much I want to spoil you. (laughs) But that doesn't turn out well. Okay. <laughs> and he is forced to sort of confront the idea that he's been hiding away and running away from his fate and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But to go back to the other four people, Perrin is, his journey is kind of interesting. He's... Sorry, some of the place name like I don't remember all of the place names. It's okay. <laughs> and all of the people, but he's he's with a group of friends and they are they're tracking the horn of Valir, which is this mythical horn or legendary, sorry, cuz it's not of myth, it's real. But mm-hmm. it's this legendary horn that when someone blows it at the final battle, which is supposed to be between the Dragon Reborn, and the Dark One. All of the heroes of all of the ages will come and assist the Dragon Reborn. Mm -hmm. So they don't want it to fall into the wrong hands, and it has fallen into the wrong hands. (laughs) (laughs) So they're tracking that. But along the way, Perrin's journey of being like a wolf brother begins because he has had this weird sort of relationship with wolves through the first season, and he... And they seemed to like him a lot and help him out. But he was like, what's going on? But now he's learning that he is a wolf brother. So he can communicate with wolves. And they will, yeah, they treat him like a brother. And they'll help him and, and 
lead him to places and join him in battle and things like that. But he also he also has this wolf sense where he can like kind of see echoes of what has happened in a place, mm. which is kind of cool. Like he'll show up at a battle after a battle and be able to tell what happened. Mm-hmm. And the the special effects on those scenes are really cool. Everything's sort of embery and gold and mm. and it's it's kind of neat. But he becomes friends with this wolf named Hopper, and it's just really cute. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> so his his journey is kind of about accepting himself because he was like, "No, I'm just a blacksmith. I'm not anything special." And now he has to be like, "Wait, I I have this special power, and like I need to use it for good and all that stuff." Mm-hmm. So Matt has been kidnapped by an Aes Sedai. <laughs> And her name is Leandrin, and she is played by Kate Fleetwood, and she is terrifying, but also kind of fun. She's like (laughs) a character who's fun to hate. (laughs) (laughs) And she wants him to lead her to Rand as well. But Mm -hmm. Matt, since he left the group in season one, he doesn't really know a lot about what's going on. And he joins forces with Min... Min is played by Kay Alexander, mm-hmm. and she's very cool. She was in season one, but she can look at people and see their fate sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says it always comes true, and they escape their little dungeon together, and she sees Matt killing Rand. Oh. Um, and he's obviously really put off by that and scared and like no i'm not he's my best friend i'm i'm never gonna do that i'll get into them a little bit more towards the end because everything sort of comes together but then you have Nynaeve and Egwene, who i love so much they're two of my favorite characters (laughs) they are in the white tower which is for all of the magic women (laughs) to learn (laughs) how to do magic Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there are different levels. There's first you are a novice, and then you are accepted, and then you are Aes Sedai. So they're both at the novice level, and Egwene is really eager to learn. She is so relatable because she just wants to like do well in her classes and be <laughs> the best magic person ever. <laughs> like she really wants to prove herself. Mm-hmm. And Nynaeve is like, I'm over all of this. I don't want to be here. (laughs) Nynaeve is a little bit older than all of the rest of them. And she sees it as her goal to keep all of them safe. And she feels sort of trapped in this tower when only one of them is there and the other three are out doing who knows what, getting into who knows what kind of trouble. So Mm -hmm. she feels really trapped. She also sort of has a block on her magic like she mostly only can do magic when she's angry or scared Mm -hmm. so they're trying to work through that and she's just like i don't want to be here (laughs) yeah but she's a really she's a really cool character i know i'm not making her sound that cool but (laughs) (laughs) she's got like a tenacity and she really knows who she is and what she wants and she doesn't want anyone to you know, sway her. But they meet another girl, another novice named Elaine Tracand, played by Sarah Coveney. 
and she is royalty. <laughs> she is the daughter heir of Andor, which is a country, but she's basically going to become queen one day, but she wants to all of the daughters in this house go and learn how to do magic. And she's she's really funny cuz she's like kind of stuck up <laughs> cuz she's royalty, but she's also like really nice. Mm. And she and Egwene sort of become fast friends and she and Nynaeve butt heads and it's really fun to watch. <laughs> but what happens is Landrin pushes Nynaeve to do her accepted test kind of too early mm. because she wants Nynaeve to be able to go out of the tower and you can't go out as a novice. You you, you can only go out as accepted or Aes Sedai. So they, she pushes Nynaeve into this test and it's a magical test where you go through this doorway three times and you see three different aspects of your life. So her past and her present and her future kind of, and she doesn't come out right away, which you're supposed to. And everyone thinks that she has failed and she's died in there. And there are some really kind of sweet scenes between between Egwene and Elaine when they think Nynaeve is dead. And I will spoil it, she's not dead. She comes back out, but she she kind of gets stuck in there for a while and sort of this fantasy version of of her life without all of the bad stuff in it. Um, she could be with the person she loves and they have a kid and all of her friends are together and she's back home and all that stuff. And it's sort of about her realizing she can't really have that. She is living in unprecedented times, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and like she and all of her friends have to do what they can to save the world. So she eventually does come out and she and Egwene and Elaine are able to, well, they actually get kidnapped and they get sent to the bad guys of the season who are the Shan Chan and I won't, I won't get into them because it's gonna we're gonna be talking about this forever if I do <laughs> but basically Nynaeve and Elaine escape and Egwene does it and she becomes like a magic slave for these people mm -hmm. so the second half of the season Egwene has a really good arc she's trying to fight against her captors but because of the magic they wield, it's very hard. And it's just, Madeline Madden was just so good. And I hope she gets an Emmy because, like, there's so much emotion there. And her, yeah, her storyline is just amazing. But the last episode, everything sort of culminates. And they all end up in this one city called Falm. And all of their storylines were leading there. But they fight against Ashamael and and another Forsaken named Lanfear. She's played by Natasha O'Keefe. Yes, Natasha O'Keefe. And she is really, again, sort of someone you love to hate. You're like, <laughs> wow, she's really like pretty and powerful, but she's terrifying. <laughs> and also she's a bad guy, so I want her... <laughs> to be taken down so they have this big fight and i don't know i just thought it came together really well because one of my favorite things in fantasy is when everyone has to band together and they all play their own parts and i just thought 
this was a really good example of like Rand can't do it on his own. He needs his friends there with him. Mm-hmm. And it just it warmed my heart a lot. And Maureen Aww. and Lan are there, but they're a little bit off to the side. Like they help from afar. Mm-hmm. It's just a really good, it's a really good finale. It's a really satisfying season finale. And it brought all the the storylines together really well and it let all the characters shine in different ways. So I was very happy with it. I was very happy with the season overall. It gets a lot more political, a lot deeper, a lot more emotional than the first season. Although I thought a lot of people online are comparing it and saying the first season was kind of poor in comparison. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think they were both really good in different ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it continues to be an excellent show. It got renewed for season three already. Cool. I'm hoping it's not another two years before we see it, <laughs> but we'll see. And then before before we end, or if you have any questions, I want to go through a couple side characters. Priyanka Bose plays Alana Sedai, and she's another Aes Sedai who tries to, she tries to guide Egwene and Nynaeve, and she's just a really kind of fun character. She's a little bit silly. She's a little bit looser than moraine and the other Aes Sedai and she's she's a lot of fun and Aeola Smart plays Avienda who is an Aeol character she, she's from a new culture and the Aeol don't they're not in this season a ton but they're very cool and I think they're going to feature a lot in season three so I'm very excited about that and then I do have to Give a shout out to Sophie Oknido, who plays Swan Sanche, Swan Sanche. <laughs> and she's sort of like the magical pope of the world. <laughs> she is the Amberlin seed. She is only in like two episodes, but she does a killer job, and I'm excited to see her back in season three. And one thing I forgot to mention is I love that this show has so many diverse female characters Mm -hmm. there are a lot of them and they're all very different and they've all got you know inner complications and goals and motivations and flaws and strengths and i just love to watch all of them be kick butt and (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just one of my favorite shows and i love it so much and i'm probably gonna rewatch season two very very soon (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I you make it sound fun. I I still <laughs> high fantasy is sometimes hard for me, but I may yeah. I may try to give it a try. Yeah. Okay. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watched one or two episodes of Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say if you watch that you could you could absolutely watch this, but if you haven't, then yeah, high fantasy is certainly not your thing. <laughs> but I'm not, and that's okay. It's okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll find something else for you to uh, that'll make you watch. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I may I may still give it a shot. I do think I do think this sounds a little bit more in my wheelhouse than some high fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I do like Rosamund Pike and yeah, so I might check it out. Yeah. We'll see. Rosamund Pike is excellent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this. Yeah. Cool. Okay. 
Yeah, no worries. No worries. No, I'll no, keep it I all know. to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to know what's going on on it, even if I don't end up watching it. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know. I also would definitely watch it rather than read the entire giant oh, book yeah. series. Don't don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you are not a high fantasy person, do not read the books. They're very long and they're mm-hmm. honestly a little repetitive. Uh. And this, I think the adaptation does an excellent job of sort of streamlining everything. Yeah, because eight episodes is not a lot and they managed to get everything in there so yeah it's i definitely go for the show over the books okay cool yeah mm-hmm. well interestingly enough you can get both totally killer and wheel of time on amazon prime next time we'll be talking about some more great pop culture stuff so be sure to join us then our theme music is by joseph mcdade you can find our website at positivelypopculture.com and from there you can find the link to the merch store as well as our email, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.